Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Katie Lounge. We are joined by Colin Digits. Hi Colin, how are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. It's our pleasure. Um, I was at your, your show the other time, so it's only fair that we invite you here. And I mean, uh, we also wanted to share your, your vision with our, with our community. So uh, right off the bat, why don't you speak a little bit about yourself and your sure. background so people can understand how you got where, to where you are now? Long journey, but eventful. So I have a performance marketing background like advertising. Uh, I have several companies still that operate that from software to agency. I've been doing that for the last seven years. So last year we started exploring uh, software for like Web3 market to see if that was an interesting idea. But I've always done like the YouTube stuff, documenting my own progress uh, in terms of business, just to, to educate others. Never really super big, never 100,000 subscribers, nothing like that, super focused. And just like from a business point of view uh, for other entrepreneurs, like quite interesting. So when I went into like Web3, I'd been in the crypto industry since like 2017. Uh, so there is where I made a lot of money with ICOs. And I also lost a lot of money with the crash, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So then I took took a long break, right? I didn't look back until like last year, February, where it like started to like the whole DeFi and everything was like blowing up. And then I didn't actually get back in because I was selling one of my businesses until like September, which was, which turned out to be the perfect moment. Mm -hmm. right? It was just before the crypto gaming bull run. Uh, so there, obviously, I made a lot of money as an investor, but I also started to document a new crypto YouTube journey at that time. And that basically, fast forward to 10 months to today, turned into like a 36 people company, uh, six different products and an amazing journey so far. Funny that uh, it's actually exactly when I started looking into crypto as well, last February. So not last February, the one before 2021. Mm. Uh, and yeah, but I, I guess it was when like, uh, Bitcoin had, had gone from 3k to like 40k, I think, or almost 50k. And Elon Musk was tweeting like crazy about it. <laughs> so, you know, right. it got everyone's interest again, right? Uh, but glad you, you joined again. And, and now you get to, to have your own uh, Web3 project and company. So you have 36 people. Uh, can you start talking a little bit about first uh, the Digits Club project and then go into the team and uh, yeah, sure. What the team is and how it is structured. Basically, I can I can walk you through the natural timeline. I mean, one one of the major things that we do with our community and in general is like the transparency is huge for us. So any questions you have on our business, even to how much money we make, it's all public on the blockchain, right? So we we have nothing to hide. Mm -hmm. and it's something I like to talk about because you know in the original centralized world, there's a lot of secrets and there's a lot of you know people are not allowed to know this. And when you work fully decentralized, every penny can be traced, every decision. Uh, can be discussed. Governance is a huge thing. So from the YouTube content, basically, uh, I have always built communities, right? I think community is great because if you just keep sharing information publicly, a lot of people don't appreciate it, right? So a gated community, even for free at that time, people have to join the Discord server, do a verification. There's a little bit of a barrier of entry. You, you filter the people a little bit in terms of uh, conversation right so we did that for about three months had about ten thousand people at that point inside the discord server and this was basically from like october to january right 
we have a community full of people. We specifically focus on like IDO investments, launch pads, right? Those type of opportunities. And people were just loving it, you know, sharing projects, sharing point of views in a very respectable manner. A lot of bigger investors as well. So it wasn't really about like meme coins or anything like this. It was really about white papers, about uh, websites, teams, project analysis, really deep. Um, and therefore you also like attract a small percentage of the market. Right, because the content and the, the conversation is so different from the general uh, should I buy Dogecoin right now or should I, uh, you know, <laughs> that, that, that that type of thing. Yeah. And it's like if you go to uh, YouTube, you you brush all the influencers and the yeah. videos are all about the same. Oh, it's either uh, Casta or it's this. Now it's, I don't know, Dogecoin because Elon Musk quit and it's all of them write the same thing. So I. I think I think there's a, a real value to to really go deep into projects and try to understand not only if it's a good investment opportunity but why, but like what's the future yeah. for for that for the project? I mean, I think it's always healthy to understand as a consumer, you know, the content that we consume. What is the purpose of that content? So for the the guys that make like you know top three coins to buy now, their purpose is to make get views so they make money off those views, you know. Um, if, if we would do that as a business, it's not anywhere near the money we make by actually educating people, selling real products, you know, a completely different type of business. And also in the content, you know, I used to make videos which were like an hour, an hour and a half long for one white paper on one project and just give my opinion on it. And you might agree, you might disagree, but at least you learn a lot more than buy three coins and you don't know actually what you're buying it's just like maybe you make money maybe you don't make money we'll see you know and i think that that really got traction with a lot of people a lot of serious people you know we got bigger bigger investors into that community as well and uh, the tone was always very focused so then we had an amazing community at some point we decided to gate it right because you know there's like big investors there there are certain things that are being discussed which you rather not have publicly right when people say like how much they're investing for example so we did layer it so there was a paid uh, part and there was a free part right and it was like an nft membership so it's not even that big of a deal um and then we basically started exploring so i was like well this is looks like a good community you know what does the community actually want because we have a good team and I'm an ambitious guy. So, you know, what is the next step? And it's actually one of my personal problems where we were looking at like, I own a software company. These guys, they weren't developing much, right? Which is like, they were maintaining what we already built. And they were like, oh, maybe we can look into software. And I'm like, sounds good. I invest into IDO projects, you know, 100, just over 100 at that time. But we had guys that did like 200, 300 projects. You know, if you're in like a bull market, if you do like seed, strategic, private and public, in a bull market, there's so many opportunities, so many projects raising funds that I wondered how they were tracking it. So I ha had an assistant at that time that kept track of, of my Google Sheets and stuff. And the sheet just told me, you know, claim your vesting, claim your vesting. Because in, in, in that bull run period, it was now it's maybe less important to claim your tokens on time. But at that time, it was the difference between like 40% additional ROI if you were the first one to claim and, and dump, basically. <laughs> claim, dump, that was a strategy, right? Get your initial back as soon as possible. It's always one of my uh, philosophies. Right now in a bear market, it doesn't matter if you claim now or in one week, the token is like, you know, is what it is. 
but um, I was like that that could be automated right should be automated this is like a fucking nightmare um, process super time consuming and I don't know if you you do the IDOs yourself I would assume so you know it's like five is manageable 10 manageable 15 is already hmm, you know every other day you get a note you, you need to check the, the sheet I was spending like 30 40 minutes a day on this yeah no uh, I I do uh, go into IDOs never that that insane amount um at least in this last run i didn't go into that insane amount so but i i, I do see the the value of automating it so that you don't need to you know that's if you have like a hundred you might even forget you are in like a couple of them right because yeah. at some point yeah, there's exactly. there's so many and it's it's a hassle yeah. to go through the through a spreadsheet and have to go into all the websites uh, to all the telegrams to see what's what's new huh? and if you have a way to automate it yeah, and have the updates yeah, yeah and have any kind of uh, backlog of information that you can just pop on a notifi notification on the on the corner of your screen, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly I'm like that. So I was like, make a database, put the software, put it, put it in there. So the software tracks everything that you enter, right? You need to enter it once. Nine fields. It tracks the token. Uh, it integrates with Google Calendar, so you get notifications ten minutes before you need to claim, one hour before you want to claim on your phone, and then you, you claim. You only have to spend time on it once. You can register the sale, and you can see how much money you made per blockchain, per launchpad, uh, which round, uh, which creators of which projects. You know, like I think for a serious investor, you know, if you do one project, doesn't really matter that much. You know, if you made money, that's good. But if you invest into like 10 different launchpads or whatever, you want to know which launchpad has the quality and, you know, the all time high access that they show for their projects, you know, that's marketing stuff. We get it, but we want to know, like, I want to know how much I made, not what, what other people made. Of course, of course. And this is your track digits uh, yes. offering, right? This is the, the so that, that software is tracks digits, which is part yeah. of a, a big ec ecosystem that you have. Uh, before we jump into the, the ecosystem itself, one thing uh, you mentioned just briefly, the, the size of the team. So how many did, were you at the, at the beginning and how did you expand? Well, that, that's the perfect question for this moment, because the Digits Club, which is the two of us, right? We had a great community, so we got like eight moderators from the community. So basically people that say like, we love this project, we love what you guys are doing, we want to get on board. And they basically took care of all the moderation, the engagement, everything uh, on the community side of things. So we can actually build, right? It's very labor yep. intensive. So then we started to move some developers from the software company to uh, the other company and it's like legal stuff, right? So although it might sound easy, it's not that easy because these are separate entities, right? Yep. And separate people have se separate interests there. But we moved them. They started building track digits. There was only three guys in the beginning. Uh, and as soon as those assets were built, so Digits Club was deployed and Track Digits was in beta testing. That's where we made the decision, like we see so much opportunity. Everybody is basically loving it at this point, let's scale. So then we basically quite rapidly scaled from like seven, six, seven, uh, excluding the mods, right? Mm -hmm. To like 22 people. That was like the first big hire spree. It happened in like six weeks. Uh, because obviously I have a lot of contacts, right? So yeah. I can just basically uh, take uh, the right people in because I know them or they've already been interested. Uh, and then we basically uh, pushed out four and more products in four months that way. And the team nice. is all remote, so it's super agile. 
uh, and like specific expertise. One of the main things I see, which I love about Web3 is so many new entrepreneurs coming into the space, building great projects, exactly. Exactly. but also making a lot of mistakes and we should allow them to make mistakes. Um, but like our, our executive team, so we have three executives and the combined experience is 54 years, you know, like that's, and, and for me, it's only 10 years, like seven, eight years. So the, the guys, they're all end forties, right? They're more corporate guys, right? With a lot of entrepreneurial experience. And I feel like that is basically the main benefit of our, of our ecosystem. It's a lot more serious, not your standard like DGEN project. Yeah, yeah. Are they doxed, by the way? Do, do yes, those? but it's required by myself. So for everybody on our team, it's all doxed with like LinkedIn, Twitter, everything, basically. But everybody's also on camera. So all, uh, okay. not everybody, you know, some developers aren't because it's not relevant. Yeah. But um, even in our company meetings, you know, like I always want all cameras on, uh, specifically even when I talk with partners or whatever, because, you know, you want to see how people react. Ultimately, you want to know who you're talking to. Yeah, I always, and, I always uh, prefer that to type have of stuff. And I can respect it if, if people have a different vision on it. Like, I don't mind personally. Uh, I know we work, we have partners that are not doxxed, right? But as long as I'm doing a meeting and I can see them, I, I like that. Uh, because in certain countries, there are quite some regulations and, and still some shadiness uh, around crypto and Web3. So depends on where you are and what you're comfortable with. Uh, but at least for me, I'm on YouTube anyway, so people can't see me, yeah. right? So there would be no reason not to show my face. But in our light paper, we have all the faces of all the people transparent. Yeah, I I'm seeing it. A big right thing now, for us. Here. Uh, so yeah, uh, amazing, man. No, uh, and now that you, you've briefly mentioned as well uh, various uh, projects or products that you are offering from on the Digits Club, you want to go over uh all of them or just uh... yeah let's let's do a quick summary it's actually it sounds like a lot but when it comes down to it it's like basically one ecosystem right so there's like basically a dashboard called digits mainframe and that's where two of our nft collections come together so the entry key for our ecosystem is an nft so those are staked on the mainframe on the mainframe you get something called digits coins which is a offline currency so it's not an actual token it's just on our, for our system and you can send those coins to the different products that we have and utilize them for free in that scenario so you have track digits which is obviously software digits club which is then a membership uh, alpha group we have a product called Digits Pad, and you can see digits, digits, digits everywhere, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the, the company is called Digits Brands above it, so it makes sense that everything is called I, Digits. I gotta say, it's it's killing me that it's Digits, Digits, and then you have Track Digits. Why yeah. not Digits Track, man? <laughs> digits Track. The thing is, the thing is, we set it up. Uh, it was called Track Digits, and it has to do with like copyright, uh, okay. like uh, trademarks and stuff, right? So we that's funny because the, the Digits brand is only something that came last right so we had all the products and then digits brands because you know you're representing you, I, see a, thing. I see a pattern here i'm not sure what it is but i see a pattern <laughs> and it's, no, it's, it's uh, yeah it's uh it's something that we, we would have to make coherent right ultimately it only makes sense as a brand uh but yeah the digit the digits pad is basically a launch pad quite interesting but it doesn't launch projects itself very important so because we have such an extensive network because 
ultimately the community how it is right now is 95 percent ideal uh, private round seed round investors right in our community so we have a lot of connections with vcs launch pads um and because we have so many products you know it's not uh, to be fully transparent it's not profitable enough to just run the launch pad and scout the projects ourselves too much risk too little reward but what we do see is that other launch pad that want to do like a 200k race and they, they could have done a 250k race, but they might not fill it. So we tell them, okay, sign off on the 250k race. Let's see how far you can fill it. If you cannot fill the 50k, then give us the 50k and we'll fill it. And we fill it in one hour because our guys are ready. But then there's no requirements. So no staking requirement, no nothing. We take care of our pool uh, different on the different terms, right? Uh, so that's why we launched that product and obviously uh, they're super high allocations they're all fatted investors we take care of the the kyc requirements ourselves if there's kyc for the partner right so in that case uh, the investors get what they want right and the launchpad has a huge benefit and of course we support them with the entire ecosystem we have like youtube stuff etc so track digits digits club digits pad and then there's a treasury so that's called Digits Treasury. Uh, it's like your classic treasury. It's not, uh, that's, in my opinion, not that interesting. Buy NFTs, hold NFTs, sell NFTs, pay out dividend. Okay. Very your, your uh, typical, simple model. Your typical <laughs> revenue share with, with, a, with a community, so to speak, right? Yeah. It's like some yeah. some um, some passive income idea with which the community really uh, liked, which I'm not a fan of personally. Right. It was also not that complex to build, but if they want it, we, we listen. Right. And that's, I think, the, the main uh, storyline through what we've built, why we've been able to, to build, you know, five products in like six months. It's basically because we did it together with our community. Right. And I know yep. that a lot of companies are very tight with their community, but this is it's like the community built the, the business with us. Right. Because building it is one thing, but you're one step closer to digits now almost there yeah yeah oh well there's like there's a there's a governance on the mainframe so they basically decide so ultimately they don't decide what happens right i decide what happens but they can send in proposals and we vote and it's again like a weighted average based on the amount of nfts that they stake like that type of stuff so it's it's centralized and i never want to make it fully decentralized but there's a lot of web3 decentralized mechanics there to ensure uh, the longevity of the ecosystem and i think that's very important i see a lot of these 100 decentralized mechanisms but governments and rules will change when it comes to tax because that's what they like and then these projects might not be as viable and might need to shut them down so we we try to keep a balance there's a whole argument i like to discuss that with people but it's like a whole discussion for a different moment but it's like bring as much decentralization as you can because that's what the people want and some people some things because of legal perspective you just got to keep you know realistic as well but the main focus is the value right the value proposition just becomes bigger if you can stack assets if i have a company that i like right well take for example you guys you you're coming you like with with multiple assets well it's a good example because i don't want to take my myself as a continuous example you know you guys have one asset then you have the dex which is like adding value to like an existing part so what is better for a user to use a party that you already appreciate and like and then and utilizing more of that and trust 
instead of you know uh, scattering so that's basically the feedback we got like there's so much trash out there and there has to be because it's an innovative space there will be good projects there will be less uh, quality projects it's normal but if you find yourself uh, a good party right and not like a party party but like a good uh, company to get involved with then yes of course the offering should be as wide as possible but then of course should be realistic enough to not spread yourself too thin yeah right? so, the scope of your capabilities of course you, you right. don't wanna try to exactly. do everything so right that's why we don't have a dex for example exactly. <laughs> we, we're really focused sense. on the on the on the web 2 models and apply them to the web 3 market but not built in web 3 Right, so we, we don't do much blockchain work. So we, we, the 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 ecosystem we have basically when the uh, NFTs yield the coins, you can turn the coins into an NFT and you can sell them, and then upload the NFT and then you migrate from user to user your your balance basically. So that's basically one of the only uh, integrations we have with the blockchain. Of course, the launchpad to pay the fee. Right, the, the contribution of the allocation. Uh, the track digit software has some, some blockchain uh, requests to pull in some information, but it's not that we're actually building software for Web3 specifically yeah. or, or the, tools like that. There's a market for that. There's, a, there's, there's people that prefer it that way. There are people who only want hmm. uh, uh, decentralized stuff, right? They don't want anything that's centralized, but hmm. a lot of people don't mind a little centralization to get access to easier steps because let's face it um, doing everything on chain it's not easy it's not cheap and mm. so i think there's there's place for 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 both worlds and for both kind of products so to speak um so one thing i, I wanted to to approach with you that 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 it's kind of the reason that brought you to this show is why and when did you start noticing cadena and bringing it to, to, to your, your community attention. It's one of my favorite stories. I think I told you about it before. It was actually one of our other, like one of our first major partners, Unix Gaming. They have a huge gaming guild and then like a launchpad and everything, like a full ecosystem as well. So these guys, uh, we had a conversation with them and they basically had a call on, on Kadena where it was like, I don't know, 36 cents or something and they want to throw in like a couple hundred grand they didn't and then it turned out to be a huge company history uh, dilemma right and that's when i picked it up as well like an uh, interesting opportunity you know starting to dive deeper into it more and more so i, I was looking at two chains at the time oasis and kidina right this was last year so I already missed the boat, right? Because it already blew up. I think at that time it was like $17, something like this. It really, like at some point it went up really, really fast. I don't know the yeah, exact yeah. amount, but I missed the boat like for the for the initial. It, it went like from $2 to 28 in like three weeks or four weeks. Yeah. Some, something crazy like that. And I, and I was like way later when it already went down. So oh. but the, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the main interest for me was, you know, I hear all these stories, means it must be interesting. Right? Let me let me do the proper research, which I always do. That I found, which I didn't find on Oasis, which I thought was interesting, is that, yeah, technology is cool. There's a lot of ambition. That's all important, right? But the main thing comes back to, to my philosophy, which is community, right? And the insane amount of dedication and support that the Kadena community has on Twitter, uh, on the Telegram project, the projects that are being launched, you know, uh, there's just so much support and so much passion behind it, which that got my attention specifically because that's never a bad thing. No, no. And then I, it, it turned out to be super consistent as well, which is even better. 
Yeah, I, I think Karina in particular, the, the community support is very uh, structured on the on the ethos of the blockchain itself. Like mm. it's the scalable proof of work. So it's like the the one thing that no one else has. You know, it's uh, I mean, we we all are, are driven to say initially because of the ecological concerns, because we don't know enough to understand what really means to be for the sake of proof of work. And I think when people realize that uh, this is actually uh, what Bitcoin and Satoshi had envisioned for a blockchain, which is a, uh, a scalable proof of work technology that don't doesn't rely on people's power to, to to work, like you don't have to already have a lot of coins to be to participate in a in a network. Right. And so when people realize they, they 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 love the project and they are really committed to it and they really believe in in Karina, that's you see that in the community on Twitter and on Telegram. Well, so. what I'm saying is how you just explained it. It's a perfect example, right? Because I'm not that passionate about Kadena that way. I'm passionate from a money point of view, right? Because I'm yeah. an investor at heart. You know, the whole blockchain technology. I think it's cool, but doesn't really. I'm a business guy. Right. So we build great products and the blockchain is great, but as a business opportunity for us. Right. And uh, the, the technology behind it, whether it's Ethereum we use or Polygon or Kadena, for me, it doesn't matter that much. Right. It should work and it should, should work proper, properly. And what I like is that most of these arguments or, or hypotheses still, right, we need to see if it actually works on scale. Course, but that's what I like, because how you explain it and how every person that I talk to from Kadena explains it is they they're so in it. Right. And that's the passion. They just feel it. And that's what I have with other blockchains where I don't see that. Right. Where it's like it should work like this and we hope it works like this. Right. That's different than we know it will work like this, right? Even yeah, though yeah. you don't really know, but it's like 100% confidence that it should work and we're going to get it. And I think that's important to get it from zero to one, but even more important to get it from one to 100, you know? True, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, keeping on with, with the same theme, what was the reaction of the community when you brought up Karina and Karina projects? It, it's the, the, the opportunity at hand. Right. So it's specifically focused. I think the reaction from the community specifically looks in, uh, of course, the you want to be early, but you don't want to be too early. Right. So if you're too early, you expose yourself to too much risk. Right. But if you're not early enough, the big trend has already happened. So we did see, uh, obviously, the spike that you briefly mentioned. And now because of the bear, you see a downtrend. So you get that opportunity again. But if you now in this opportunity, don't take it, you're a fool. Right, there's two different things because before you didn't know, you can't blame yourself for things you don't know because there's so many things happening. But now you do know, and then if you miss it again, you're a bad investor, basically, <laughs> right? If you if you if you believe in it, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I always follow like a dollar cost uh, average approach because it's the easiest thing for me to do. You know, keep Same. track of everything properly, slowly in, slowly out, or at least that's what I try to do. And of course, uh, the emotional aspects always always play. Um, but so far on Kadena, yeah, it has been quite fruitful uh, when you look on it on, on a bigger scope, right? I always look at it from like a basic point of view. If it has gone so far, it will likely go further if the crypto market in a, as a whole goes further. We do believe in that. So therefore, I also believe that Kadena can, can reach the previous all-time high again. Yeah. Because Especially if it's like, you know, a market cap of maybe 10 million, then it might not recover yeah, yeah. out of the bear you know but it has already uh de-risked itself that way yeah yeah that's true especially with a with such a strong uh, team behind it right the, yeah and the, the amount like of projects amateurs, that are being built yeah so uh, as you said you focus a lot on launch pads 
and bringing launchpad opportunities to your community. Uh, just to to wrap this up, what do you what do you look for in a launchpad? What recommendations do you have for your users when searching for launchpads? Well, the, so from a user point of view, an investor point of view, so specifically for the users, there should be an awareness that launchpad tokens hold risk relative to the projects you participate in. So that's a trade-off, right? So in a bear market, these tokens lose value. You still need to stake them to participate in projects and projects are tend to likely go up in a bull. So that trade-off on that ratio is how you make money, right? Uh, and then on the other side, I only truly believe in projects with utility. So if there's no utility for the token, then I'm not interested. If there's utility for the token, but the utility is staking, I'm also not interested, That's right? It has to be something that is consistent because if we look at this bear market or on a scalable level, then cash flow is what keeps the business alive. And if there's no utility for the token, there's no cash flow. And that means that the funds being raised at some point, they're gone. Right. And that's what I see with a lot of projects in this bear market, because last year was so easy to raise money. Any project would get funded that they don't allocate the funds properly because they don't have experience with managing uh, large amounts of money. Right. And now some of these projects have gone quiet for like the last six, eight weeks because they're panicking about their cash flow, their, their, their burn rate. Right. And that's something funny. I had an investor call like I think a week and a half ago and then one of the VCs asked us like, we're not even raising money, which is like a group call. It was like, oh, what is your like, um, like your burn rate and how many months you could go? And I'm like, we could go eight years, right? It's like, but the thing is you have, if you have an executive team with the experience that we have and you would say six months, then it would be a disaster, right? But of course the advice would be if you have so much uh, liquidity, then you might want to take more risk right yeah. or or scale faster it's not only yeah, a good yeah. thing right because we're a business uh, ultimately but at least good to know that I, when i talk with some of these nft projects specifically right or, or games you know it's like oh uh, if a game says like oh we're going to raise uh, 16 million to build the game it's going to cost at least 25 million to build the game right because they always you underestimate the cost and you overestimate the capabilities in what you can do in a certain amount of time <laughs> yeah. that's like classic business principles right and I, I love these guys that are 20 years old. They raised $2 million. They fuck everything up. But the question is, you know, <laughs> did, did you learn something, yeah, yeah, right? Because it's a good thing for you that you did it with other people's money. And it's a bad thing for you that you now owe them the responsibility of telling them you fucked everything up. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, man. And I, uh, That's something I, I truly believe that. And it's, this is why we do extensive research. I don't want... Yeah. I, 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 we always know there's a risk in, in, in investing in... In, in this kind of venture uh, projects, right? It, there is risk, but we want to minimize the risk for our users as much as possible so that they can uh, feel safe and, 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 and know that if the, if the people who are behind the project uh, do fuck up, they at least will be, will be open and honest with them and, and tell them, listen, this is what we've done. Now we, we will have to rebuild, do something else, uh, whatever. Uh, last question. So this is what you look for in Launchpad. This is what you, you search for. What would you change on KDL? What do you think is good and bad in KDL? Interesting question. I think uh, in terms of so the offering is very selective, right? High utility uh, projects. Uh, I always wonder on a Launchpad point of view for the users and obviously for the backend profitability, I see that the Cadena Launchpads only launch Cadena. 
right? It's interesting because you could scale broader if you would want to. But I also think that one of the one of the things I primarily like is the uh, build out of an ecosystem, right? So if you would add the DEX or if you would add another uh, tool that makes sense as a business, but also for the users to to lower the barrier of entry to explore Web3, I think that's extremely beneficial. Uh, one of the things that I never like on Launchpad is, is tiers specifically, because I have a sufficient capital. Let's let's put it at that, so I can afford the highest tier in any Launchpad. Uh, yet um, I always end up at VCs, right? Because they can offer like a different model. So I do understand the options, but uh, like a weighted average on a wider token utility is very complex. I can debate it for, for hours, but... It's very uh, hard. The, it's, it's one of the yeah. hardest parts of Launchpad is uh, having a, a fair uh, allocation system, I think. Yeah, so I think I staking a token to get allocation, I don't think that's the future model. I think that will change. And therefore, Launchpad needs to find a new utility for their token or not have a token and find a different way to raise money. Um, so I think that's like an interesting debate and I'm not really sure how that would work yet, but we're, we're attempting something with DigitsPad and it might not be the right thing. You know, we still have to test it as well, but we're if following- If it fails, like it fails an, as long as, yeah, <laughs> as long as you tell it's it. Like, uh, we, we, we went with an NFT approach. So we sold NFTs to raise funds, right? Uh, and then you stake an NFT to get allocation, but yet it's not the best, uh, it has its own problems, right? And that's what I like to do. It's to not discuss, very different from staking to a, a token, right? Uh, still the an thing asset is that the, you need to take. Yeah, the, the NFT has a capped supply, which is a lot lower, right? But it's illiquid at the same time, which is also quite difficult. So it's still performance-based. And I, I think that from an investment point of view, the performance should be there, uh, but covered by a whole organization and not just the path. So when you would add in a DAX, which has utility for that same token, you reduce that risk level, the floor risk. Right, and that's where I'm saying then yes, you can stake, but if you have only a launchpad and you stake, you expose the investors to too much risk, or at least that's my philosophy, and that's why we have six assets breached by one collection, and when you would have two or three uh, assets, from what I've been hearing, for for one token, then yes, you reduce that risk, and that's what I see where the future is at, because we can all see in the bear market the launchpad is the number one or second one biggest losers in a bear because the whole business model uh, functions on launching and incubating projects but the tges don't happen and the, the pools don't get filled the sentiment is down it's like a death spiral almost yeah yeah uh thanks for for the input colin and uh thanks for being here with us and and sharing your yeah, your you experience and knowledge uh and let's do it again uh in the future when we have more to share uh, we'll, we'd love to have you back here. More projects. Yeah, yeah. of course. Hopefully in the bear market, <laughs> eventually. Uh, in the bell, no, in a bull, in the bull market, I would say. <laughs> Not in the bear. Oh god. Uh, Slow and steady, and everything will be fine. Of course, man. Of course. Thanks. Uh, anything uh, final you want to share with? No, me? I appreciate you. I love what you guys are doing. We'll definitely uh, be in touch because obviously, one, two, three months from now, things have changed. I think it's always good if you if you like somebody, you know, have a good relation there, then we should keep that going. I think everybody uh, would think the same that is watching this right now so thank you for watching as well and thank you for hosting me today okay uh thanks again colin and to all of you guys see you next time all right cheers bye-bye